Hello. Bienvenidas mujeres del siglo XXI. Welcome to Women of the 21st Century, a podcast where we talk with women who are leaders, entrepreneurs, empowered women who have changed their lives in this 21st century. I'm Sarai. I'm the host. Let's start talking. I'm Sarai Zacatelco, and I have a nice, wonderful guest and two really guests today. I want to introduce a wonderful woman. She created our, wow, she fascinated and created here in New Haven. Our, she's a director and she has La Voz Radio. And I had another guest. She's an activist, a young activist. And uh, she's from Colombia. She's parcera. <laughs> so can you uh, introduce our Norma? Hi, my name is Norma Rodriguez Reyes, and I am the president of um, Hispanic Communications, um, La Voz Hispana de Connecticut newspaper, and Massachusetts, and then we also have a radio station, La Voz Radio TV punto com. Um, so I'm really happy to be your guest today. Thank you. <laughs> we're happy we 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 because you're here. Uh-huh. And, and Jennifer Mendoza, and right now I'm from Mujeres de Siglo XXI. We work very hard with Sarai for, you know, for women, you know, for make different things, different reasons. That's why we're here. Yes. And uh, we want to be, um, I want to talk about who is Norma Rodriguez. We want to, we want to know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Norma Rodriguez is like a Sybil. I think Sybil had about 17 personalities. That was um, that uh, when I was back in high school, they made us read that book. Um, and it was about a girl that had 17 different personalities. And then eventually she got enough therapy to um, uh, become one. You know, back then I really didn't understand it that well because I didn't see it as a mental illness because I didn't understand that that actually did exist. Wow. But in terms of, um, I, I say it just generally as, um, because I think as a woman, we have all kinds of different roles that we play throughout life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first we're the daughter, um, then we're students, mm-hmm. we're sisters, yes. um, aunts, mothers, wives, uh, uh, professional women <laughs> in all kinds of different roles. Yes. So I like to think that I, I, I'm a very diverse person and um, chameleon. You know, you adjust to whatever it is in life that you have to adjust to. Yeah. And you do. You know, all my careers, I've never planned them. They've all just kind of happened. So I'm really grateful for that. So we we are, um, I was I was see your story your biography and that was awesome I was like wow I want to be like her I was <laughs> told to Jennifer she's yes. awesome woman and I know I know I worked before with Norma yeah I know she's a wonderful woman she was telling me call call her and and, and asking and and what did she say she say maybe this she's, is a she's a good very good example yes <laughs> that's why she's here. So it was like, um, so I was, I was see your biography. You say you are, you grew up here in New Haven when you was four years. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I was born in Lares, Puerto Rico, the farmlands over there. And um, my father was a migrant worker. So he used to come 
um, to the United States to farm the lands, and mm-hmm. then he would go back to Lares, um, stay for a couple of months, and then come back here again um, until they decided that they were going to permanently move to the mainland, um, not to the United States because, you know, Puerto Rico is part of the United States. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so they moved to the mainland, and when my mother came, they, she came with my three of my sisters. There was already five daughters that, born in Puerto Rico in the farmlands. Yeah. Um, so my father— Big family. Yeah, five girls. Ooh. And right now there's 13 of us, so eight of them were born here. Five more girls, and then, and then three. The, the last three are—my are, are, father always wanted— um, You know, in the Latino family, you have to have— mm-hmm. the, the boy. They want the a boy. boy to carry the name, to carry the name. It's all When we were growing up, it was all about carrying the name. Yes, you know? exactly. Nowadays, you know, people think, what are you talking about? They don't understand that. They, no, you no, know? now you this know? generation, they're different, and they, they, they don't talk about this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, I remember, you know, like my father talking about, you know, you can't stain the name. No se puede manchar el nombre. No, 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 no. You have to it's really... machismo way. <laughs> yes, machismo, very machista, but, you know, um, sometimes it's good to be machista. <laughs> I have three I'll, sons, so, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm, and yet I grew up in the women's live. The, uh, I wanted to be a, a liberated woman because yes. the seventies, you know, was our our, oh, wow. our, our body, our lives, mm-hmm. and you know, um, the hippie movement, the real, you know, the women empowering themselves, empower yourself. Yes, um, that's how it started in seventies. Yeah, yes, so I wanted to be one of those women, but then I end up with three sons, you know. So I have to make sure that I did that. The world doesn't go completely, you know, um, the other way around. Yeah. Um, so that they, it's like that we're in the middle, so yes. that we do take care of our men, but we also definitely have to take care of our women and make sure that the same privileges that the male get, the female get, and, and if not even more. I think they need to tilt the the, the scale a little yes, bit towards yes. our way now. So while well, I think you're jump more than always always talking, and I just wanna um I'm asking about so when you was here, you growing up. And you go to school, and 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 you're thinking when you was here in New Haven, I know there was no many our community Latins here. So, how do you do? Um, how how do you start when you don't you don't see more your your heritage here? You know, um, first of all, the last thing that I wanted to do was be Latina <laughs> or Hispanic, yeah, because yeah. it was not fashionable in that and era. That- when I was a teenager, it was not fashionable to be a Latina. Yeah. All of my role models, they were, I had no Spanish teachers. I had no Spanish counselors. I had no one that I wanted to be like them. Wow. So they were all Americans. Yeah, or, exactly. Or, you know, so-called, because we're Americans, like I mm-hmm. said. But they were all um, mainstream individuals. Yeah. So, um, Ian... It was during the time that you had to speak English only, and then you had to speak English without an accent. Wow, so that as really? Soon as, yeah, because as soon as you opened your mouth, okay, they would ask you, um, where are you from? <gasps> and I would say, I'm from New Haven. Mm-hmm. But that's not, I knew that that's not what they were asking me. Exactly. <laughs> I, that's, that's my other thing. When when um, when I was here and I was a teenager, I was grew up in the Bronx and I was, they, they asked me where, all the time they asked me, what are you from? I always say I'm from New York or I'm from New Haven because I know what it was asking me, but I don't want to say that. I, I, I want to say, escuchen mi acento mexicano. I don't, I don't want to do that, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had no role models, okay, that were Hispanic. So therefore, I didn't want to be Hispanic. Ex- I wanted to be an American. Yeah, exactly. And so I it's went more to easy, no? Huh? It's more easy. Yeah, back then it was and more that, easy. At that time, of course, yes. it's, well, it was more, more easier easy. to be an American because you would not get discriminated against. Uh-huh. But then, you know what? In terms of discrimination, I was so fair-skinned that I really never felt discriminated against yeah. by the whites. Mm-hmm. Never felt discriminated against. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my professors at the University of Connecticut, they knew that I had an identity problem, okay? And... Because as soon as they asked you your name and you said Norma and you said Rodriguez. And remember, back in when I went to Yukon, they couldn't even pronounce Rodriguez. No. Now (laughs) Rodriguez is a household name. Thanks Uh to A-Rod, you know, Uh (laughs) and to all those Rodriguez's out there. You know, when I was growing up, it was always brown. It was um, white. Those were the, the the last names that a lot of individuals had. That's why I was I was here that um many many other um women they are married with white American white people they married yes and the most like women they say okay I wanna be my last name but I want my my husband last name why because he's so more fancy uh-huh. like, more like American style because they don't want to be her. Um, they don't want to be more her her last name, the Latins. They hear the Latins way. Right, because they don't want to be discriminated against. Exactly. So yes. since years ago when you got married, you would eliminate your last name and you would add your, uh, you, you now you use your husband's last name. But you know what? A lot of them did that. Mm-hmm. But then when you get extra credits, when you get certain jobs, when you get special benefits, now they want to change and add their last, their Spanish last name. Whereas, but then I can understand why they mm-hmm. had to be chameleons, especially if they live in the suburbs. If yeah. they live in the place where they're all gringos, you want to blend in. You don't exactly. want to show anybody that you're Hispanic. Mm-hmm. You, you mm-hmm. want to let them know you're an American. Exactly. Okay. And um, so I understand that situation mm-hmm. because I've met a lot of um, Puerto Ricans. Um, but now it's not on that that phenomenon happened with the Puerto Ricans here in the Northeast, but it's happened with the um, Mexicans in the West Coast. Yes, in you LA, know? in LA, uh, yeah, yeah, they had the same, the same, the, the same, same thing. issue. And mm-hmm. we've been here beforehand, so we basically it's been the um, the Mexicans and the Puerto Ricans who have opened, who have paved the way for all the new immigrants that have come in to be able to wave the flag of their country with no problem. Exactly. But, you know, usually it's someone who has to pay, 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 pave the way. And mm-hmm, when you're mm-hmm. paving the way, when you're number one, you get hurt a lot. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, 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 like that. So I was, I would see our Norma, you graduate from University of Connecticut, Utah, yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you are director for... Senior Center for 25 years. Yes. The Senior Center? Yeah. I ran the largest senior center in the city of New Haven. They were all Italian, Irish, and Polish. Remember, all this time, Mm -hmm. I'm an American. Mm -hmm. I have not accepted my Latino roots. Exactly. It wasn't until one day um, I came and I went to the Puerto Rican parade. They had the fashion. They had um, the... They were competing as to who was going to be the Puerto Rican Parade Princess. Oh, uh, okay? yes. I, it's, it's, and it was for the first time 
that I went to that competition, and it was in my old um, high school, in Richard C. Lee High School. I went to that competition, and I began to feel proud of wow. being Puerto Rican. Prior to that, I was not proud. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like, all of the immigrants that listen to my story now, mm-hmm. they think something is definitely wrong with me. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand what period time. we're talking about. Yes, yes, okay? that time. And I know for a fact that my story is not unique. It's very similar to a lot of the, the women mm-hmm. that had to live in the suburbs, to a lot of the women that were number one, you know, in wherever it is mm-hmm. that they end up. So, yes. you know, and I remember for the first time being really proud of that. And that's why now I support um, whenever any of like the Ecuadorians, the Colombians, the, the Peruvians, they call, they call me and that they want they, they want us to sponsor mm-hmm. um, some kind of um, about their country that they have, mm-hmm. either a parade or um, a festival or something. We always say presente. Yes. Because it's important to keep their roots but also, since you're here in America, we also have to blend in also. Exactly. You know? That's how it is. We, we, we are here, and uh, we, we need to speak the English anyway, so mm-hmm. no matter what. But mm-hmm. because that's the only way we can eat, we had to be talked to other ones because this is America. Yes. And then we need to know you need to speak English because... Mm-hmm. We know other, we, this this is something like people fight all the time in more the community. They say, oh, I speak Spanish. But yeah, we speak Spanish too. But you need to speak English too yeah. because you're in America. So yeah. it's not because we are, I don't want to. No, because I want to be introduced with other people. They don't speak Spanish. We are so many immigrants here in New Haven now. And for other countries, and they don't speak Spanish. So we, we had to be known about that. But you know what's also very interesting in terms of speaking English? Um, like, for instance, um, you know, if I'm, if, I, if, I, if I'm in a place where even if it's a professional place, you know, business or whatever, and I know for a fact that that person, you can tell that they're Spanish, mm-hmm. you know, be- yeah. because um, they look Spanish or their, their last name is Spanish. Um, if they, you know, you begin to speak to them in Spanish, Exactly. And because I know a lot of times if I don't speak Spanish to some Spanish individual, then they think that I'm acting like I'm high society. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and they get no, very offended no, when, when you're acting like you're better than they are. No, it's Whereas not then like that. if you speak their language, then they're more down to earth. But then you will find those that you cannot speak Spanish to them because they don't want to speak Spanish in the exactly. workplace. Exactly. Well, right now I think the, the kids, they, they speak both language and because now they're speaking at home. I remember my mom told me, you need to speak Spanish at home. So yeah. that's why I still have my accent. But anyway, uh, I grew up here and I had to speak the English. But my mom told me, when you go out, you can speak whatever you want to. I don't care how many language. But at home, you need to speak Spanish because my mom, she don't know. She don't know about it. She she know, she want to know what are we talking about? What are, because she want to know. <laughs> So how old were you when you came? Wow, I was 15. Okay. Yes. 15? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's why I was I would say uh, so you would travel a lot, yeah. So here I am. Um, I, I I my first job was as an outreach worker at the Atwater Senior Center. And so I had to learn about every single program that was available for fif- people 55 and over. So what ends up happening? I was very good at that job. The director 
ends up getting sick and not being able to do her function anymore as director. Yeah. I get called in. Wow. You're the director of the Atwater Senior Center. Oh, my God. No training. (laughs) No nothing. (gasps) You know, I I get, I'm the director. And these folks are all Italian, Irish, and Polish. Okay? I'm very young. I'm only 28 years old. Wow. You know, they made me director at 28 years old. Um, so and that was remember that was the largest senior center of the city of New Haven and yes. it's a recreational facility so we had 135 people every single day there between 135 to 200 people a day that used to come you know where Arte is today uh, yeah Arte. that's what was where I was director Art Inc Art Inc where oh. Arte Inc. is. Wow, That's normal. where I was director. Should be no. Now it's going to be my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, as soon as you walk in, there's a large gym there. Yes, yes. So that's where we had exercise class and we had line dancing. The house is and beautiful. And that's where we had all our parties also. Um, and then to the right-hand side, there's a TV room. People used to sit there yeah. and also the library. So they would sit there and read the library. To the other room, it was the pool room where we used to, you know, they used to shoot pool with each mm-hmm. other. The other room was a card room. They used to play all kinds of cards. In the back there, we had a clinic. St. Raphael's Clinic was there. Yes. Then to the left-hand side, we had arts and crafts, knitting and crocheting, ceramic. Then we had a dining room. People would come in and eat every day. So then every single month we would go, we would have on special occasions, we would have parties at um, the Park Plaza, which no longer exists anymore. Yeah. 500 Blake Street, which no longer exists. September's Restaurant, which no longer exists. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, How long were we talking about? Uh, so we used to have parties all the time. And I was direct, well, I was, I worked there as the outreach worker for about five or seven years. And then the rest of the time I was director. And then we went to a foreign country every single year. Okay. My first foreign country was to Italy. Oh, wow. Okay. Because since the majority of my seniors were Italian, mm-hmm. well, I did a trip for a lot of these people that had come from Italy, had always wanted to go back, but never had the opportunity. So I, and um, I, since I was a graduate of the University of Connecticut, the University of Connecticut had, had a charter plane. You know, they used to do mm-hmm. charter flights mm-hmm. to Italy. Okay. So I coordinated and, you know, we went for 15 days. And wow. uh, I always used to go with my mother and my political mentor, Mama Garcia, Idalia Garcia. Okay. She was my political mentor into the world of politics. I had just graduated from UConn. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And um, I remember she she was my next my mother's next door neighbor, and um, they asked me, Norma, um, can um, do you want to? got involved in politics. I said, well, what, what, what do I have to do? They says, well, you have to help Steve Mednick. He's running for city town clerk. I didn't even know what a city town clerk was. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they, they said, well, you have to take him door to door and ask people if they can vote for him. You yeah. know, I said, oh, okay, I'd love to go door to door and, you know, drink people's coffee. <laughs> So, of course, and that was my initiation into the world of politics. Oh, wow. I was still a single woman, you know, Yeah. and I loved it. And I've had lots of years in politics, and, um, you know, it's important. You know, I think lots of doors have been opened for me, Mm -hmm. but because doors have been opened for me, I have opened doors for everybody around me. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't care who they are. Where they're from, yes. No, no. I have students that I mentor also, you know. 13, 14 year old. I, yeah, I see the little boys inside <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. studio. <laughs> and their lives change forever. Uh, yeah. You know, their lives change forever. 
this nice we need to be open some creativity things like that for all generations for those kids because yeah you gotta you gotta you you can't wait till they're 16 mm -hmm. you gotta start them when they're 11 12 or 13 exactly because that's the age that you begin to lose them whereas if they're making a little bit of money mm -hmm. they like it and then yeah. there you're teaching them the work ethics yeah exactly okay? Wow. And plus, at that age, they, they, they're they like a sponge. Mm -hmm. Anything you put around them, they... they they're learning fast. Uh -huh. And they, they learn a lot faster than I do, that's for sure. <laughs> they run all the computer programs, everything. One of them does my um, Zoom, you know, he, uh, Google Meet. I teach, um, you know, I teach the eight-hour drug and alcohol class to the... Um, it's a mandatory class mm -hmm. for the Department of B DMV. Yes. Um and now you know since 2014, they all the undocumented can get their driver's license, and I teach it in Spanish. And so we help a lot of individuals get their driver's license. And now you know life is easier for them when they have their driver's license. Yes, and that's very important. That's very important. Yeah, very, so very important. That's why. Um, so when you're, you say you was young, and then you graduate, and you have all these things. So how will your your life change when you marry? And you have a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, you gotta understand. There's, I'm one. People think that who I am now, that's who I have always been. And I grew up poor, okay. And one of the things that was very important to me was, since I didn't have role models growing up, I felt it was my duty to be a role model. Exactly. Okay. That we're talking and about. And so. In the, I still live in the same neighborhood where I grew up, okay? Mm -hmm. All my family, every Sunday religiously, we all meet at my mother's house. Even though my mother passed away, you know, on April 1st of last year. Oh. But we, we, we decided that we're going to still continue to meet each other because it's important to keep the family together. Exactly. For my mother, my father, that was very, very important. Mm -hmm. So I feel that it's my duty to keep my family together. So I always come up with programs and things to do that they would like yes okay and then my sister Evelyn who happens to be the older woman um in the fourth ward she that's her house and she allows us every she cooks for us mm -hmm. she she took the role of my mother oh wow my mother used to cook for us she had a restaurant okay Ooh. it was no, but it was her own personal restaurant the Rodriguez restaurant okay because all of us <laughs> had all of us, like different kinds of foods or different ways, and she always pleased us. And she did the same thing with our our children. Yes. So you know, it's you know what it is for a grandchild to say that my best friend is my grandmother, because my mother would do everything that they wanted. Exactly. She would cook whatever they wanted and however they wanted it. So you know what? I decided if my mother could do that, then I can do it too. Exactly. And that's exactly what I do when I go and meet with my grandchildren. Uh, I go visit my daughter-in-law. And my kids, I don't want to travel because I've done a lot of traveling. I just want to stay there in the house, and I want to cook for them. And Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and whatever they enjoy want. Enjoy with That's them. That's what I want to do. Take the time with the kids. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But, you know, it's, 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 um, it, it's an evolution that we all have to go through, different processes. Um, you know, it wasn't easy for me when I got married because, remember, I have, I, I have this split personality mm -hmm. that, yeah, I, I want to be a mother and everything, but I also want to be an independent woman exactly. with independent means, mm -hmm. you know? And so um, I didn't want to take my husband's last name 
because I felt that for 25 years, everybody knew who Norma Rodriguez was. Good. You know? And now, if I added my husband's name, you know, it would be like I would have to start all over again. Exactly. Yes. So whenever they used to call me by Miss whatever that name uh-huh. was, <laughs> I, I, I would say, no, that's my mother-in-law. That's not me. I'm Norma Rodriguez. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's, so that's the issues. Kind of, that's yeah. the issues when you marry and you take the, the, the last name from your husband and he's um, gringo. Forget about it's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if he's Latino, it's kind of even harder. Oh, yes. And that's why I was really happy. I was because, ha- you know, I wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not an easy. I, I'm very set on my ways. I, I like to do what I like to do, um, but I know how to do what I'd like to do mm-hmm. at this while not offending the exactly. person. Exactly. So I, I was very lucky and happy that he tolerated me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and he accepted the fact that I would add his last name. I would keep my name, but I would add his last name. So, you know, I was, uh, I, 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 as I look back, I wasn't easy. And uh, Norma, <laughs> so you feel your husband, he was, um, he's uh, really um, like, um, he or help you and everything he support you and everything things and you feel he was machista maybe in some way oh yeah he was very machista but you know he he also was um see he was involved in politics and he was a leader he spent a lot of time out there so and um he was president of the board of alders so whenever the mayor wasn't around he was the alderman. So I was the one who was always supporting him, you know, and, okay. and his politics and, and what he wanted to do. But then he let me do what I needed to do. Exactly. You know, so I, you know, I used to take the kids to soccer. I used to take them to football, to to baseball, to all kinds of activities. Because if you want to save your kids, you have to have them busy all the time. Mm-hmm. Anytime that they have free there's a saying, you know, what happens to an idle mind, you know, is the devil's um something. But we have to always maintain our kids busy than doing things that they like to do. Exactly. And that way they don't have time to mm-hmm. get into trouble. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we had we like um where women's like 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 us, we need to be make the schedule and give it the time for the kids, give it the time for the husband, give it the time sometimes to study, and you have to be focused on everything. And sometimes you are you look like a crazy maniac because you don't know what to do. And it's like wow, yeah, so that's nice. I was very lucky. I was very healthy, you know. So you know, I wasn't a sickly woman, so that I could do all these things. Because yeah. usually when you work. And you have a husband that's involved in politics and you have three sons that are each doing all kinds of things. You have to be able to have a lot of energy exactly. to be able to please everyone. <laughs> and so you're, you're like an octopus, you know, with your hands yes. and, all, and all kinds of shinky, different shinky. pots. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, that's that's wow. That's awesome. So, yes, I was um, I was thinking, well, so Norma and um so how will you create this uh, La Voz Hispanic here in New Haven? So how is work this? I'm sorry. How will you how will you start working in the, in the community? That La Voz. Wonderful history. <laughs> <laughs> I know the history. You know, <laughs> remember I told you the last thing I wanted to do was be Hispanic. Mm-hmm. My professor knew that I had an identity problem. And I remember him saying to me one time, because I majored in Spanish, mm-hmm. you know, because I needed to major in something 
Um, I, I, I went to UConn to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. I, I finished all my coursework for nursing, but never did my practicum. Okay, Ooh, wow. So that's why I am not a nurse today. Cause, but you know what? You can have all the desires and want everything that you want to do, but you know what? God knows you better than you know, you know yourself. Exactly. I didn't want to do nothing in life. I only wanted to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? And I thank God every day that I didn't become a nurse because God knew that I didn't have the personality For to be a nurse. Exactly. Yeah, I like to be caring and giving and everything, mm-hmm. but I'm not one to stay in one place and take orders. You know that. Ex- and back in the days when you talked about the nursing profession, you know the nurses just did whatever the doctors wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's still it's still like that. <laughs> Never uh-huh. change. And so. Um, And plus the hours, you know, usually you have to work on weekends, you have to work on holidays, you know, and then they give you the worst shift. Right. So then I, I didn't become a nurse. And so I graduated with a degree in um, with um, a degree in Spanish and mm-hmm. a, mi- a minor in biology. And I remember my professor saying to me, Norma, keep your Spanish because someday you're going to need it. And I used to say to myself, mentally. Now, obviously, I didn't say it verbally because I would have gotten thrown out of the university. You know? <laughs> I say, yeah, right. What the hell am I going to need Spanish for? Because remember, back then, there weren't the, exactly. the Latino wave mm-hmm. that we have today. And so, um, sure enough, I go and I end up um, at um, at um, at Water Senior Center. Mm-hmm. And La Voz Hispana started. Okay. Wow. In 1993. Yeah, I see that. At that time, my husband was running for for mayor of the city of New Haven. Oh, wow. And it was all of my husband's political enemies were associated with La Voz Hispana. Ah, okay. So they had a special section called Amalgama. Amalgama. Which is a little bit of everything, kind of. And in that section, they had three points negative about my husband. Okay. And at that time, La Voz used to come out once a month. Okay, And it came out in color. Wow. In blue and red, where at that time, not even the New Haven Register came out in color. Oh, wow. 1993. So we said to myself, oh, my goodness, these people have a lot of money. They have large pockets behind them. Yeah. You know, perception is everything in life, not reality, okay? <laughs> Later on, I found out that that definitely was not the truth. <laughs> Pero, hey. So, the second time the newspaper comes out again, okay? Negative things about my husband. The third time, so three months later, right, comes out, and they had five things. And I said, and we were having a meeting in the living room of my house, a political meeting for the campaign. And I remember saying to Tomás Reyes, mm-hmm. to John Sepúlveda, oh. to Geraldo Canto, and Frank Alvarado. I says, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to call these people and I'm going to ask them, why are they supporting a newspaper that is sacrificing the only Latino that we have that's qualified to run for mayor because we're not going to have anyone qualified to run for another 20 years. You know what? It's been how many years already? 
It's more, 1993. Three. So how many years later are we talking about? 28? 28 years. 20, 20, 20, 20, yeah. 28, right? 28. So it's 28 years later, and we still don't have a Hispanic mayor. So what happened is, as I'm talking to, um, uh, calling up the different uh, advertisers who were personal friends of ours, mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden, John Sepulveda says, stop. Norma, please don't call anybody anymore. Yes. Because they know when I say I am going to do something, come hell or high water, I do it. And that's how it is. <laughs> I know. Poverty. El empoderamiento. That's how it comes. Yeah. Sometimes you, you ha- when you believe in something, don't let nobody stop you. Mm-hmm. Don't let nobody stop you because in the long run, that's going to lead you to your destiny. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So at that time, what they did is they called the two owners who at that time was Abelardo King, who's the founder, my business partner today. And um, este, I can't remember his name, but he was um, the chairman of the third ward, okay? And um, he'll kill me if he finds out I can't remember his name. But they called, the th- these four individuals called him. They had a meeting. I obviously was not allowed. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the machisto stuff. You know, yes. I wasn't allowed in this meeting. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, they think that we're not... We can't control ourselves. Uh-huh. Exactly. Y es difícil cuando se está en un mundo tan tan de hombres, ¿no? Como the que machismo salir. way, uh-huh. they don't want to be inside yeah. because that's crazy. So they had their meeting at the uh, at an office, and for the first time, they were able to actually meet each other. And Abelardo King realized that what they had explained to him about Tomás Reyes mm-hmm. was not the truth. Because you know what? We lived in the worst neighborhood in the city of New Haven. Wow. It was drug infested and every single, and drug dealing used to go on there as an open ear market. Mm-hmm. And it's still Shootings those. all the time. It's still, still. My kids grew up in that neighborhood. And you know what? My kids are good kids. They all graduated from the university. Has nothing to do with the neighborhood you grow in. Exactly. It's how you are raised. And as kids. a matter of fact, it was good because when you grow when you grow kids up mm-hmm. in that kind of neighborhood, you're letting them create tolerance that they will need in their future lives. Mm-hmm. These parents that protect their kids so much True. that don't let them develop any defense mechanisms, you are raising them for failures when they are adults. Exactly. Is this you true? Know, and I had men. I had to bring them up to be providers, mm-hmm. okay? And I know that that's not politically correct nowadays mm-hmm. because, you know, we're supposed to be pro- promoting the women. I promote the women, and I believe in the 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 equality mm-hmm. of women. Exactly. But not at the expense of men because I happen to have three sons, Yeah. okay? And I have grandsons, and I want my bloodline to continue. And usually, <laughs> how does the bloodline continue? <laughs> This is uh this is hard, yeah. When you heard um like a voice. I don't well, I don't have voice, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't have boys, I don't have girls. But um I remember well, you better my, start working on it, okay? <laughs> I think the train is no, gone. No. I'm, I'm the train is gone. Yeah, I was um yeah, I remember my mom, she she always thinking this way, yeah. So my mom she think I don't want to say machismo way, but she she thinking like that. So she always say, Oh, she was protect my brothers with other women's where nobody touched my kids, nobody 
nobody, oh, that woman is not good for you. That woman is not good for you. No, I don't want you married. So uh, this is protect. You had to protect. So that's machismo way. Yeah, they come like this sometimes. Like a mom. Yes, you had yeah. to protect your kids. My nieces hate me. <laughs> they hate me. And I love it that they hate me. Because you know what I do to them? I act as if I have a watch on my wrist. Yes. And I go like this, up and down. And I said, your biological clock is ticking. Mm -hmm. It's time for you to get married and have babies in that order. So they hate me, you know? Yeah. But you know what I said? We need our bloodline to continue. Exactly. And the only way our bloodline will continue is if you guys have babies. If you don't have babies, you're killing our bloodline. And I tell my sisters, if your daughters and your sons are not married, it's your fault. Because you know what? Daughters and sons will do, even though they will fight you, but they will do what the mother wants them to do. Exactly. They will, or they, you know, in, in, in Spanish we have, you can touch everything, but don't touch your mother. Your mother can oh, be the worst yeah. woman in the world. Always. She can Always. work in a brothel. Always. But you know what? Don't talk about the mother. Mm -mm. No. Because <laughs> Anyway, also, I think this come from even, um, I think like my, my, my brothers and I, I don't like to say nothing about my mom. I don't, no. they don't care what she are, but don't talk to my mom because no. if someone talk to her, uh, yeah. you have big trouble with me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. We have, and this, we have, we need to respect the mothers. Yes. yes. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's funny because, um. If they now my nieces when they get pregnant the first one they call is me. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. They said, "Titi, I'm pregnant." I said, "Wonderful, great." <laughs> <laughs> that's because they have to be like that. It's, I think it's the no matter how old you are, you realize like a woman. But if you want to marry, have a kids. Yes, you can marry, have a kids, and you realize it. Keep going, keep working, and whatever you do, like in, like woman, and you want to be. Politic, if you want to be someone in this country, so do it. You don't have to sacrifice motherhood to be whatever you want to do. Exactly. And you know, look at what's happening in Europe. And look at what's happening in Connecticut. Uh, yes. The white community are not having babies. Mm -hmm. No. Europe, the women, they're, they're not having babies. You know why? Because they have pets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, people think I'm really crazy, and I do have a tendency of thinking crazy ideas. But when you analyze them and look back and check and see, I make a lot of sense. You know, one of the guys I met, I was at the Greek Olive, and I met a guy, and he told me that he was looking for a partner. Mm -hmm. I says, do you have a cat? I mean, do you have a dog or a cat? He says, yes. I said, you need to get rid of him. <laughs> I says, you get rid of your dog because what you're doing is you're giving all your love to that animal. For your mask, yeah. You're supposed to be giving that love to another individual. And the problem is that that animal loves you so much unconditionally mm -hmm. that yes. that's what the kind of love that you're expecting from a human being and you're not going to get it. Sorry. So you get rid of your dog <laughs> so and start having dog. babies. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. No, it's, it's really true because I was I was see the news on in Europe in this and in Spain they they had these problems uh, they don't have kids no babies and and they say are uh, I see the problem from schools some school clothes everything everything things close because they don't have more more kids they don't want to be have more kids and and I was we was had to think like Hispanic. 
we had different ideas, different way. Um, like, mm, I remember my grandma that was 15 kids, so... <laughs> 13 in mine, yeah. Yes, 13. so you wow. see that those, um, we are Hispanic, we have... Um, we had we we had this these ideas to to creation to big families to we we still run in big families we still run in the, the the last name or the the name or their other roots yes and uh we are different and i think i guess you know um, when you have big family i think it's okay but the economy i think that's the problem when my nieces tell me they can't afford it you know what i say to them Thank God my mother and father didn't think that way because you wouldn't exist. <laughs> There's 13 of us, right? Yeah. So if my imagine if my mother, every time she was going to have a baby, okay, she thought, oh, I can't afford this. I said, you wouldn't exist, so don't even start thinking about money. The problem is that we want to give everything to our kids. We shouldn't give them anything. We should just give them the work ethics exactly. and the education. Mm -hmm. If you give a child the uh, a loving a loving but then again, you know what? Loving is all because you have to have your issues. If you don't have issues, you will not learn how to survive in a world. Okay, you have to have your issues. <laughs> and so, um, que loco este. Sí, sí, entonces. Mira, ahí tenemos una visita en la ventana. Ya. Sí, que nos están tomando fotos. Él trabaja en la voz. Oh, okay. ¿Cierto? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that, that's true because my, my grandma, um, she, my my grandma she she raised me she was uh, I remember my my mom she left and uh, she raised me me and my brother so that was more kids in the house and my mom said my grandmother say si comen diez pueden comer más that's right lo que tú tienes no pertenece a ti pertenece a quien lo necesita what yeah. you have doesn't belong to you it belongs to whoever needed mm -hmm. and that like you just said where one eats ten eats yeah definitely. Mm -hmm. And that's 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 the way you know we need to raise. There's nothing wrong with us, mm -hmm. so that's the way we need to learn some a lot of those old ways, and just apply them to today. I think um well like um now uh, we were talking about this Norma. I see the it will realize back to the age, and now in these new times, we can mix all together. You think? Or oh, we need to kill the all the old things. Oh, we need to be uh, re renovate and keep going to the new ways, to the new generation, to 21 centuries. I think basically it's it's a mixture. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of the good keep a lot of the good good things that mm -hmm. have happened in our lives. Okay, but like I said, we're always going to have issues. It's just a matter of how you deal. Mm -hmm. They say that life is 20% what happens to you. And 80% of how you deal with it. Exactly. Okay? So we just, you know, some people, we can all be in the same situation. And you're going to, you know, have a heart attack. You're going to die. You're going to throw yourself back. Uh, that's not my personality. I'm going to be a little bit more trying to control the situation. This one is going to be trying to help. So it's all a matter of how our personality is built. Exactly. And how we have been. The, the wires that have been put on us mm -hmm. since since birth to where we are today so, in terms of how we deal with situations. What is your, mas your, your message for for other women's empowers or leaders or activists? Um, 
the, the most important thing is you need to be happy where you are today. Mm-hmm. You know, where you work, with your partner, with just everything around you. You need to feel happy and, and healthy about it. Um, if you don't, then you need to change the situation. And change is not easy. It'll hurt for a little while, but then you'll get over it and move on. What is your message, Jennifer? Well, I think you need to do whatever you want. You need to fight. You need to get the point and and focus. You need to focus in what you want to do. You have to take the take the train and take the ticket from the train and don't stop. Yes, uh-huh. that's how we that's, say that. That's correct. So yes, thank you, and I want to say thank you very much. Say thank you, Norma Rodriguez. Thank you for venir a acompañarnos. Gracias, and I want to say our thank you for listening us, Mujeres del Siglo XXI, our 21st century's women's, women's, and um, keep listening to us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Mm-hmm.